I've made at least three previous attempts to record this episode and this one may not turn out any better than those. It's certainly not been because nothing has happened. Indeed, arguably too much has happened. We've had Geoffrey Hinton, who's one of the father figures of the modern developments in AI that led to things like Google Translate, which was one of the first public manifestations of the developments that were so sharply illustrated by ChatGPT and its brothers and sisters. So he decided to resign from Google, aged 75, in order to be free to speak plainly, and he has been speaking plainly, to the effect that he is very worried by the speed with which AI is advancing and thinks that before very long AI will be more intelligent than we are. Of course, in some respects, it already is. All right. Then, I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday, the front page of the Financial Times registered a very sharp fall in the stocks of education companies. I hope I've remembered one of the names correctly because it was new to me, but there was an American company called, I think, Chegg, C-H-E-double-G, whose stock fell by something like 50%, if memory is right. Pearson, who are a big UK publishing house educational company and who own the examination board called Edexcel, who do GCSEs and A-levels, they suffered somewhat of a fall, but were bullish about the prospects for AI helping education in the long run, which is absolutely the right view. And there were a few others whose names I'm afraid have now slipped from my memory. But the Financial Times called this AI's first big casualty. In other words, people starting to wake up to the fact that we've been talking about now here for weeks that AI is going to force education to change, whether it likes it or not, that the attractions of textbooks in the traditional sense, even the attractions of certain kinds of online learning in the traditional sense, has been seriously called into question by this technology. And there are a lot of people with a lot of vested interest in all of that. So naturally you'd expect their stocks to take a tumble. I think another one was Duolingo, the linguistic language teaching conglomerate that I've got quite a good opinion of, for all that it's a bit clunky, simplistic, and that its stocks tumbled as well. Well, so that's three things in the publishing world or in the education world. We then, I think this was on Friday, started to hear about lobby groups who were calling upon the United States government, the United Kingdom government, and others across Europe to exercise some influence to curtail the advance of AGI because it seemed as to them, whoever these lobby groups were, as if the thing had got out of control very quickly and there would be so much social dislocation as a result that it needed to be at least investigated, if not 
circumscribed. And you can see the reason for that. It's obvious that if you were something like a copywriter who earned a few pounds now and again by writing things and the people who hitherto have employed you to do that for websites or for, for documentation of one kind or another had suddenly switched to ChatGPT because it did a better, quicker job. And I know several people who have quite literally done that and are saying that it saves them well, they probably can do their jobs in one third of the time and better. Well, that's going to have an impact on copywriters. But then, of course, the chatbots themselves have got into this. And when asked, say things like telemarketers, maybe even the targeting of Facebook adverts, maybe even social media itself, is going to be called into question. So you start to wonder whether Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the others, and Spotify for that matter, are going to take some sort of a tumble, some sort of a hit, as people switch their allegiances. And I think that my reason for pausing, or at least not really pausing, trying but failing to say something intelligible about this, is because it was all so predictable that anything one was tempted to say was likely itself also to be predictable and therefore not very much worth saying. What can we say? Well, indulge me for a moment. I'm sure if we could go back far enough to something like the, the world of William Golding's wonderful masterpiece novel, The Inheritors, which, roughly speaking, is about Neanderthals and early Homo sapiens or Australopithecus or whoever it was, replacing them. The changing of the guard that is obviously tragic for those who are replaced and a triumph for those who replace them. Well, that would probably, if there had been such in a court of appeal, been objected to. We can't have these super-intelligent homo sapiens sapiens taking over the world. Good Lord, just imagine what could happen. Well, yes, we have made a bit of a mess of it, haven't we? But never mind. We did. And then when uh, we started to discover the, the capacity to refine, smelt, forge and use metals, I'm sure the Stonecutters Union, you know, the Fred Flintstones of this world, were up in arms about that. We need to stop this. We need to ban it before it has all sorts of terrible consequences. Just imagine that you can actually use these things to boil things in on fires and make weapons. And goodness knows what dreadful consequences there will be. We need to circumscribe it. We need to ban it. And then skipping a few centuries, I'm sure that when we invented writing, somebody will have bemoaned the loss of the oral tradition, people will stop remembering things. They'll all start writing things down and nobody will remember anything any longer. And then later on, no doubt, the advent of some kind of rudimentary science, the advent of independent reasoning in the Middle Ages, when the church did its very best, its level best to limit, circumscribe, the rise of science, the rise of scepticism. 
and later on the rise of independent religious orders like Lutheranism, Calvinism and the rest, Church of England. All of these are sea changes in human history and all of them without exception have been greeted by somebody holding up their hands in horror and saying, oh, this is terrible, this is the end of the world, the end is nigh. In Lord Macaulay's famous How Horatio Kept the Bridge poem, there are a couple of lines, those behind cried forward and those before cried back, which often seem to me to apply to this. I think Geoffrey Hinton and others like him who do know a lot about this are quite right to raise questions about it. I'm saddened by the fact that he has gone so far as to say that he regrets his own work, which is like rejecting the whole of, a, of a, one of the greatest achievements in human history. Uh, and if there were a Nobel Prize for computer science, Geoffrey Hinton should certainly get it, hands down. The only other person who could possibly have qualified would have been Alan Turing, or maybe John von Neumann, or Alonzo Church, but they've long been dead. So, Geoffrey Hinton is right as someone who understands the technology, but I don't really think that the way he's represented it is fair. Because when you get close up and personal with these chatbots, you very quickly discover their very real limitations. And of course, I've said many a time that those limitations will diminish as time wears on, as we iron out some of the problems and as we get more and more powerful models. But I don't think that it's a simple linear process. I, I haven't uh, interacted very much with GPT-4 because it's just too expensive. But I don't like it as much as GPT-3.5. It seems to me to repeat manicure, condensed, pricey, and just generally drone on in a way that I don't find very entertaining. Whereas GPT-3.5 Turbo, I still like talking to because it's flawed, because it doesn't get it right all the time. Indeed, because it sometimes gets it spectacularly wrong. But it is, in that respect, quite human. And uh, until GPT-4 becomes cheaper, or is superseded by GPT-4.5 or 5 or whatever, if it's allowed, and there are those who don't want it to be allowed, let's be clear. So we've had all of this. And then you may think this is rather an odd contrast. And then on Saturday, we have the spectacle of a man having a crown put on his head while dressed in all kinds of completely impractical robes and clothes and things and being told that he has been made king because God has ordained that he has the right to be king. And this is just essentially a restatement of the divine right of kings argument. Now, I just find it extraordinary that in the same week, we can have people saying they want to circumscribe one of the most exciting pieces of technology that there has ever been. And that's not an exaggeration. And at the same time, other people 
who were prepared to spend fortunes and queue up and sit down and wait and sit in an enormous abbey when they can't actually see what's going on anyway, in order to crown somebody king. What is going on? This is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. The fact that the chatbots are smarter than the king and smarter than most of the people sitting around them and standing around them, putting this crown on their heads perhaps tells you everything, that what's really going on is that a lot of people are busy protecting their own interests, protecting the past upon which their reputations stand and fearful of the future because they think that the future... Well, I don't want to quote Liza Minnelli in Cabaret, but, you know, the future belongs to me is the old Nazi uh, refrain. The notion that somebody is going to come along and take away what posterity has bequeathed to you. And that's the real issue. And it's much more than that. I mean, if you go back over the various episodes that I've recorded in this now very long Series 8 you'll recognise a number of themes. And one of those themes is that this is, a, this is an attempt, or the, 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 re, the reluctance, the people who are against this, is an attempt to preserve a system in which they already have achieved their foothold at the expense of preventing rungs being placed in the ladder that will lead others higher than they have managed to get themselves. Now, I'm not under any illusion that big business and the rich and the powerful will somehow or other manage to commandeer a lot of the benefits that accrue as a result of this technology, and the attempts to circumscribe it are no doubt to be seen in that context. It isn't, this is bad, it's this is bad for me. I didn't get in early enough. I misread the market. I've no idea what Elon Musk has been playing at with OpenAI, but he disinvested from it, and I think he must now regret it. I would. If I'd had a share in this, I'd be laughing. So... I haven't really said anything, have I, except just to summarise the folly of humanity. That we've got within our grasp something that could perfectly easily solve an enormous number of our very pressing problems. You know, we will apply AGI to climate change, to world peace, to education, to training... And all the people who now are thinking, oh, I'm going to be out of a job, there will be new jobs, as there have always been new jobs, new things to do. When Gutenberg started inventing printing and moving type around and reproducing things in large-ish numbers, no doubt people who worked in scriptoria felt deeply unsettled by it. No doubt the proliferation of printing, which has been the biggest force for the democratisation of knowledge imaginable, along, of course, with the ability to read what's printed, all of that is partly responsible, but to a very considerable part responsible, 
for the world that we now live in. That we do not live in a world where we are permanently afraid of the, the local baron sending his troops to steal our produce. We do live in countries that have got some semblance of law. We have problems, but we've solved an enormous number of problems. I am, I think I would say, entirely optimistic about the net benefit of AGI. But then I am fairly pessimistic about the net benefit of human intelligence because I think most human intelligence fails us because we, we don't have the advanced skills needed to balance things. And as I've made, the point I've made many times is that ChatGPT and the GPT family do have balance. They're extraordinarily good at summarising arguments, at giving a balanced view, much, more, much better than we are. I mean, just this morning I looked something up on one of the stack exchanges, and the first thing I saw was some interlocutor telling somebody off for not having looked up what he'd asked first. Well, what's the point? I mean, if you want to be on a stack exchange and nobody's asking any questions, then you don't have much to do. So what's, why vent your spleen on this poor soul who happened to ask a question that you think he could have had answered somewhere else? Unless you enjoy telling people off more than you enjoy answering their questions. Yeah, we can all have a bad, a bad day. Yes, we can all be irritable. None of us is exempt from that. But the chatbot wouldn't do that. It's never done that. It's never come even within a whisker of telling me that's a really silly question or did you really need to, to ask me that? Couldn't you have found that out somewhere else? Sometimes you have to go and find it out somewhere else because the chatbot gets it wrong. Well, that's all right. So I suppose the, the backlash which started a while back, which started with the likes of Zizek, paradoxically, you know, complaining that the chatbots aren't clever enough. And now we've got people trying to ban them because they're too clever. And I suppose it could be both of those things. Uh, it could be both. But I think Zizek's criticism is completely mistaken, wrong-headed. Just as I think those who are getting excited and wanting it all stopped or curtailed or constrained or investigated or controlled in some way by government, God help us. All of that is just short-sighted human stupidity of a kind that we are peculiarly good at. Anyway, I, you may well think I haven't said anything at all, but I needed to say something because this is just self-destruction. Thank you for listening.